Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the For God's Love podcast. Today we'll be talking about mystery. A mystery in the book of Mark, or as I've titled it, Mystery in Mark. Now we'll be asking ourselves two really important questions. What is the mystery and why is it important? Now the first encounter of the mystery we'll be talking about today is in Mark chapter 1 verse 21 to 28, where Jesus and his disciples went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath entered the synagogue there and he, that is Jesus, began to teach. What was Jesus teaching? Earlier on we are told that after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. It is probable that this was what Jesus was preaching at Capernaum as well. Now the people at the synagogue in Capernaum were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Now Jesus was one who had indeed authority. As Mark rightly introduces his gospel account by saying, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. During Jesus' baptism, God the Father calls Jesus, My beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. We also know that during his baptism, the Spirit descended on him like a dove. Now because Jesus had authority and was going to set captives of sin free, the devil attacked him with strong temptations in the wilderness after his baptism. With his first and second temptations intended to get him to doubt his authority as the Son of God. For thus he said, the devil, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. It is with this authority, Son of God, that Jesus preached and made an impression on his hearers in Capernaum. Now as the people were contemplating his words, immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But then we're told that Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. Did you catch that? Jesus told the spirit the demon to B. 
be silent. Why would Jesus silence the evil spirit? Wouldn't the Spirit's confession of Jesus as the Son of God be a great blessing towards the furtherance of his work? Surely more would know about him, and would that be a bad thing? After all, we are told that in response to this, this miracle, this sin, his, speaking of Jesus, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. On the same day, we learned that immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John, his disciples, and healed Simon's mother-in-law who had a fever. I should point out that this was on the Sabbath before sundown, since we are told that at sundown they, speaking of all from the Galilee region who had heard about him because of his newfound fame, courtesy of our blabbering demon, all of those people from Galilee brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, but they did it at sundown. So everything else, healing uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, casting out the demon and telling him to be silent, all that happened during Sabbath. And when they came at sundown, by the way, I should point out that they was the whole city. Because we are told that the whole city was gathered together at the door of Simon Peter's house where his mother had previously lain with a fever. They're outside this door. And Jesus healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. But we are again told that he, that is Jesus, would not permit the demons to speak. And we are told why. It's because they knew him. They knew who Jesus was. Here we learn something. Jesus telling the demons to keep quiet was not because he did not want to heal people or cast out demons. His problem was not doing much. Jesus was not trying to shack off responsibility of healing and alleviating pain and suffering in people's lives. His problem is described thus, that he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Something about Jesus' identity, getting out there into the public, you know, this title, as the earlier demon had called him Holy One of God, something about it made it pertinent that the title be kept under wraps, a secret, a mystery. But I agree with you if your question is still why the need for all this mystery? I mean, okay, I know it has to do something with 
Jesus being the Son of God or the Holy One of God. But why? I urge you to be patient. Just a little longer. We are getting there. Now the next day, Sunday, Jesus rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. There is that faith that one could argue was doing more good than harm. Because, well, many knew about him and his fame was spreading like wildfire. Jesus told them, Let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Afterwards, they've left, probably on their way. Afterwards, a leper came to him, imploring him, Jesus, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And we are told that moved with pity, he, that is Jesus, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. Then immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And here's that mystery that we are talking about today. Because after the man is healed, Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. See that you say nothing to anyone, Jesus said. But then we are told that the man went out and (laughs) began to talk freely about it and to spread the news. Freely, saying what had happened. What was the effect of this man's proclamation of what Jesus did for him? Well, we are told that when he began to freely talk about it and to spread the news, Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Now, we are getting to the why this mystery is here. Jesus telling the demons, shh, keep quiet, be silent. Jesus telling a man that he had healed of leprosy to see that he says nothing to anyone. We are getting there. We are finding out why this mystery is here, why Jesus is in the business of silencing this testimony about him being the son of God. And maybe you're beginning to see what the essence of the mystery is, and it is this. Are you you ready? A crossless death would save no one. A crossless death would save no one.
That's why this mystery is here. Really surprising, right? That unless Jesus died on the cross, no one would have been saved. But I'm pretty sure you're probably asking yourself, where on earth did he get that idea from? Well, let me tell you that it was there all along. Remember that I mentioned that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Well, one of his temptations was to get him to commit suicide. Notice how the devil tempted him. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, as you strike your foot against the stone. You know, throw yourself down? I mean, that is just bonkers. Nowhere in Scripture does God ask anyone to kill himself to test their faith. I mean, really, from Genesis to Revelation. Nowhere do we see that. But maybe you're saying that is just one example of Satan's determination to kill Jesus. How about this other example? That when Jesus was born and was still an infant, King Herod of Judea ordered that all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under be killed. Well, again, maybe you're not convinced, right? How about when Jesus stood in a synagogue in his own town, Nazareth, where he had been brought up before coming to Capernaum. This is where he was before we find him here today in Capernaum where he's busy saying, shh, be silent. This is where he was. Jesus was in Nazareth. Remember what he said in Nazareth. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And here Jesus was speaking of Isaiah 61's fulfillment, a prophecy that spoke of the Savior to come being anointed with the Holy Spirit, covered by the Holy Spirit. How did the people respond? Well, we are told that they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. They wanted to kill Jesus Christ because he had said that he was the Messiah. Luke's chronology logically attests to Jesus' caution. Previously in Nazareth, he had proclaimed himself to be the Son of God and had almost been thrown off a cliff to his death. Now these demons are busy blabbering Jesus' identity as the Son of God and endangering his life before he can get to the cross. I wouldn't put the leper in the same league with these demons because of his innocence and his joy. The man had been healed. We'll give him a pass.
but I do wish he had kept quiet. But you know what they say if wishes were horses. Now some of you are probably asking why a death on the cross? Why would that save people and not being thrown off a cliff or being killed as a baby? And I'll say one word. Gethsemane. We will cover this by the grace of God, but the pivotal point in the Garden of Gethsemane is that Jesus surrendered his will to die. Here he laid down his life. He volunteered. And there was no turning back. I'm tempted to use many words, but I will not. Instead, I will say Gethsemane. Jesus wanted to get to Gethsemane. The devil did not. I hope you have so thoroughly enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, God bless you.